Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to a solemn cop on podcast. Solemn in defeat. Um, yeah, Liverpool have finally lost a match after 25 games unbeaten, a record equaling 25 games unbeaten that stretched back to 1982. Um, Alan is the only person brave enough to join me on this call. Thank you very much, Alan. Um, I thought we were at times very good today, but yet again, we've conceded a load of goals. And, and today, especially the, the manner in which we conceded was just, we were as soft as mashed potato. How are you, Alan? Slightly calmed down now, okay on, but um very disappointing day, as you said. Uh, don't know, just shocked. Just um, not sorry, not shocked. I'm not shocked. It's kind of been coming, but um, just wasn't expecting it today, really. So, well, yeah, I mean, West Ham are West Ham are good. Uh, they're a good team, but uh, you know, in the first half, it was one-one. Um, they had one shot. It wasn't on target, and of course, the corner. I, think, I guess they're counting that shot as, and then it, it somehow went in. There's an Allison own goal um off his left hand uh let's start there Alan. was it was it a foul for you because for me it was it was a foul um klopp said as well in his post match press conference um that uh, it was definitely a foul i think he impeded he he, he ran backwards and impeded allison but i still think allison mistimed his leap and i think he should have done better what did you make of that first goal yeah it's i agree with you um it's, it was a 50-50 call, really. Um, I would uh, like to think I know a bit of a goalkeeper, not from my own career, but from my son growing up. He was a great goalkeeper. Um, at first, I thought this was Alisson's fault, 100%. Um, when a keeper comes from a ball like that, he has to clear everything in front of him. Alisson didn't. He went up reasonably easy, fell over reasonably easy. Yes, he did. the, the player's hand did come back and hit Alisson's right hand, so it could have been ruled, ruled out. But I would blame Alisson for not clearing that ball, man ball, and everything has to go when you're coming out like that. Um, but I felt sorry for Alisson too, because he was at fault for two of the goals, definitely. He was unlucky with the second goal. But what I found more disappointing was it was obvious after that first goal that West Ham were going to put players around Allison and harass him legally. And we didn't react to that, particularly for the third goal, which again, they had players all over Allison. Allison came, didn't get the ball. But I was disappointed in our management and our, our leaders in the team. They didn't spot that from the first minute and say, right, we need someone to stand between Allison and, and, and their players. So I think it was a the whole defence structure, the team, the management has to take some some responsibility for it. But realistically, we, we know how good Alisson is normally. They're not a problem. But today, they, they got into his head, they got on him, and it wasn't fixed. And that was my disappointment with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I totally agree. Um, he That's the thing exactly the same as you. It's the thing that really irked me, really made me feel sick is that the fact that they got their winning goal turned out to be the winning goal from you know just something that was just so obvious that if they if they got a corner then they only had three corners in the match and they scored from two of them and if we're going to zoom out we're going to zoom out at the the whole career I mean the the, the, the the career excuse me the the Premier League table um I can I'll just bring it up on my screen now but basically I just looked before that we We've played 11 now, Adam, and we've scored 11 goals. 
right? And and to to zoom out in, into the bigger picture, yes, we're only four points behind Chelsea. We are in fourth. That's what I wanted to check. We are in fourth place, only four points from the top. But you can't concede eleven goals uh, in eleven matches. You can't concede a goal a game and expect to be challenging. So. I mean, going forward, if you take all of those 11 games as collectively like not good enough in defence, I mean, just for comparison's sake, I'll tell you that Chelsea have only conceded four and Man City have conceded six. And so what, what in what way can we improve going forward? I mean, I'm going to talk about, you know, more specifics of the match in a minute, but I just want your general impression. How can we improve defensively, Alan? What's been going wrong apart from today is just not reacting to set pieces? That's a million dollar question, Owen, really, isn't it? It's it's hard to put a finger on it. I know people give out when, when, when we keep going back to not replacing Genie, but but I think it's a major factor. Um you know, we're missing a lot of his him being there every game, first of all, um, his calmness his, and, and his work rate. But, but you can't just put it down to one player either. I know that. I think we said it earlier on in, in the season too, like we seem to have made the same mistake with our midfield this year that we did with our defence last year and not, not replacing the player. But um, I don't know, this, I just, I was sitting there with a friend, he's, a, he's an Arsenal fan, but he's a very good, knowledgeable football man. And in 15 minutes here, he just said to me, he just said, Alan, this is like Klopp said about Brighton. The body language is just not right. You know, we were one nil down. The body language doesn't seem right. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it, but, but there's something not right. You know, when, when Chelsea went behind yesterday, they just attacked and attacked and attacked. And you were sure they were going to score. But we were quite lucky to get the second goal today, really. Didn't think we played that well. And then I don't want to hark on about it either, but I, I said it before. I think Klopp has made a few mistakes this year. Like Simakas, I said it before as well. Simakas came in for them two games at the beginning of the season when Andy was injured. Played fantastic. And that was then dropped. Now, I love Andy Robson the same as anybody, but he's not playing great this year. And I think that's started to send a bad message to the team. Because I'm a big believer in if a player comes in, plays well, has the short, he keeps it until he gets injured or he makes a mistake. I know I'm picking a bit there at that, but these things lead on in a team. To, say Andy Robson could be sitting on that bench for two or three games, getting hungry or hungry or angry or angry or and can play better. But what, what does it say to Simicast? You come on, you play well, you get dropped. You played well last week. He doesn't get it on at all today. So I think there's a few little things like that that maybe maybe we're not just sending the right message out to the players. Um, yeah, on the other side of that, though, Alan, I mean, you've got the fact that if you're in the team and you don't have the best game, then you haven't necessarily lost your place. So mentally, you know, you can think, um, you know, I've had a bad day, but I'm going to have a chance to come back. And, and you appreciate the the support from the boss, you know, so your your morale is very high, maybe higher than it would be if you just dropped every time you make a mistake, because that might increase the pressure to not make any mistakes, which is pretty well, much impossible, agree, isn't it? I agree with you. Oh, yeah, I agree to there. But it's also what message does it send the other way to the player that's come in and done well and done nothing wrong. So it, the message goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, yeah, I see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Looking at some stats for Andy Robertson today, I mean, who scored gave him six 
out of 10, uh, 6.01 out of 10, 84.1% passing accuracy, which is good, but only one key pass in the entire match. Um, he had eight crosses, only one of them was accurate. He had three long balls, only one of them was accurate uh, from 63 passes. Uh, so offensively, he wasn't contributing anything really. And defensively, uh, no tackles, no interceptions, one clearance. I mean, we didn't have to do all that much defending, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think Simikas is, is the man in form. And in retrospect, he would have been a better choice. But, you know, uh, before the match, I, I, I said in our WhatsApp group, you know, choosing between Robbo and Simikas is like choosing between custard or ice cream on your apple tart. They're both delicious, but one's hot at the moment, and that's uh, Simikas, and one is a little bit cold, unfortunately, and Andy Robbo. I'm sure he'll come back, but uh, that's something that definitely, uh, you know, we could think about going forward is playing Costas a bit more. Um, but, you know, we can't single out Robertson or Alison Becker for having poor games because they were not alone. Um, I would talk about a bit more about the performance um, in the future, but I want to talk about a, a, one, one big controversial incident. Um, again, Klopp said, you know, it was a, he said that it's a clear red card for Cresswell, no discussion possible, a reckless challenge. And the laws say that if it is a reckless challenge, if you are out of control and it is endangering an opponent, which it is because he went straight into Jordan Henderson's knee, then it's definitely a red card. But instead, that hapless buffoon Pawson didn't even give a yellow. He didn't, did he even give a free kick? I don't even know if he gave a free kick. I thought the referee was awful um, again, but it was clearly a red card, wasn't it, Alan? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen the Everton game before that. Um, I didn't know. What, you know what happened? Holgate got sent off um, for virtually the same tackle. Um, okay, Holgate's with a bit more force in it, but it was virtually the same tackle and you got a... Um, he got a yellow force and the ref went to VAR and it was a straight red and it was virtually absolutely virtually I mean I seen it I said there you go red card same as Holgate but um, he said the ref didn't didn't give it I, I was shocked I couldn't believe it um, and then at that stage you kind of think to yourself this is going to be one of our days you know just uh, but that was clear the studs on the that was clear red card I, I, told, I can't see how you look at it any other way on yeah, yeah, I mean it's 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 clear. I don't I don't I, I don't get it. VAR, I don't understand. The referee has either not seen it or he's chickened out because he's likes you know he doesn't want to be unpopular with the home fans, or um, you know or he's corrupt. You know, I mean those are the those are your three options. But uh, I I just think that you know to miss the the foul by Albano in the beginning of the match and then to miss that red card. You just need to ask VAR. You know, VAR was checking for a possible handball, according to my pictures that I was watching. And it's absolutely ridiculous for the, for the first goal. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Other, play, other people, I mean, it was interesting to see Chamberlain start the match. Um, he made two tackles, which was uh, the most in our team. No one else managed more than one, um, <laughs> apparently, according to whoscored.com. Um he also he had one shot, no key passes from Chamberlain. He's an interesting one. He had three dribbles that he tried, which is the most in the team. 
um, for his 68 minutes. I thought he was okay. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's in midfield that I think we've got a problem, Alan. You mentioned that Henderson's legs have gone. Um, I still think Henderson's capable of, of brilliant performances, but that midfield today, or midfield in general, with Thiago, because Thiago, man, when he came on, he, he I counted, he lost the ball four times from his first six passes. I mean, for him, he averages... Uh, around uh, 92% passing accuracy. Today it was down at 86% from 44 passes after coming on the field. It was a really poor performance by his standards. But it's just the midfield. I, I think we, we're lacking exuberance, Alan, in midfield. I think you mentioned not before, not not replacing Gina Vianelda, but I think we did with Harvey Elliott and we did have that youthful fresh exuberance that 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 uh you know eagerness and that talent and that willingness to get up and down the pitch we lost him in terrible terrible fortune terrible bad luck um and i just think i don't know i'd be would you be looking in in january to get to get a midfielder or am i just overreacting on the back of a, a back of a game that only finished about an hour ago and i'm still just annoyed with it Oh no! I think we need to buy someone. I think um, I think we've said it a few times on, on the podcast already this season that um, we need to strengthen in a few areas, um, midfield and up front. I think. Um, oh no! I think we need to buy someone. I think um, I think we've said it a few times on, on the podcast already this season that um, we need to strengthen in a few areas, um, midfield and up front. I think. Um, but I felt a little sorry for uh, Thiago today because. He came on just after they scored as well, and then the pressure's on to try and get goals and stuff. But yeah, no, I think we need to we need another player in midfield. We need another player up front. Um, like heaven forbid, if anything happens to Salah, even though he didn't have a fantastic game today, but that was more more because he was marked out of it really. Um, but yeah, we definitely need to buy someone who I don't really know to be honest. Uh, Lots, lots of names out there, but I'd like to see um, Jorgen and his team pull out one of his great moves that someone we're not even thinking of. But is that not is that not a bit a bit difficult though? Because I mean we've 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 scored thirty one goals in eleven matches. I mean I think going forward we're we're doing all right, aren't we? I mean, I, you're not happy with uh, with Divock off the bench or Minamino? Oh well, I'd be a big fan of Divock. To be honest, I think he should be getting more chances. Um, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but if 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 we're going to keep Divock and Taki, they need to get more minutes regularly. Like if that's the last ten minutes in every game or something, it's very hard to um to, to bring a player on with ten minutes when you're losing. It's another slight mistake we made today as well. We brought on Thiago five minutes too late because we let the second goal in, and we brought on Divock five minutes too late because we let the third goal in. But we still need someone different. We need we need someone of Salah's position or or skill level. Well, I know you're not going to get his skill level, but we just need to freshen things up sometimes. You know, it's it's every team needs a fresh up now and again. And I think we just need something different. Um Tacky, unfortunately Tacky didn't get much chance today. He's he started the season off fairly well the preseason and stuff, but he didn't look great today now. But then again, who did look great today? So. Well, I could tell you one player who did who did pretty well, I think. Um, and again, he was isolated a little bit when he was defending. But Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mean, he had uh, eight crosses like Robertson, but three of them were accurate compared to only one from Robertson. 
Um, he had 11 long balls attempted and nine of them were accurate from Trent. I thought his passing was exceptional. He, had, he made four key passes as well. He ended up with that astonishing free kick goal and an assist, of course, for, for Divock with some nifty little ball juggling. Um, so Trent, I think, is is a big positive from today. And, and, and he was my man of the match from our perspective. Um, would you agree with that? I mean, you know, was, was he, you know, the only positive or could you see other positives with uh, with Virgil van Dijk or, I don't know, um, according to this, uh, Jordan Henderson was our, our, our second uh, highest, sorry, our third highest rated player after Divock Origi with 7.04 because Jordan Henderson made 92 passes, which was the most in the team. Um, were there any other, you know, rays of light apart from... Trent for you, Alan. Well, I thought Matt and and Van Dijk did 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 well. Both of them. Um, I, I noticed something interesting in the first twenty minutes that I could see Van or sorry Matip screaming and shouting and trying to organise players, which is not something you normally associate with him. But it was like he was trying to get them going. So it's hard. Trent didn't have his best game ever, but that wasn't his fault. Like you said, he he super goal and some great passes, but. I sometimes I think God I hate criticizing club, but yeah, you have to be realistic sometimes. Sometimes Jorgen gets caught into his he's a plan and that's it. Like I think West West Ham showed today what every team does against us. The their left back and their left midfielders work hard to stop Salah and Trent. So it was hard for Trent to get going today because he was kind of double marked a lot, the same as Salah was. So sometimes I just think. We need to do something different, like Mo Salah to go over to the left for 10 minutes, you know, and they're right back to turn around and say, hold on, I wasn't expecting to mark this guy today, you know, this sort of way. But, yeah. Yeah, so Trent was good. I thought Matip and Van Dijk, even though the three goals they had played, played fairly good. Van Dijk made some fantastic last-ditch tackles in the in the box in particular. Um, Henderson played great, you know, and you, you know I'm not Henderson's greatest fan. Um, I respect them. I know what he's done, but lots of his, to me, lots of Henderson's passes are easy five-yard passes that add up at the end of the day to ninety percent pass rate. But, but he did nothing wrong today. He, he was probably the best of the midfielders there today. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're just missing something. There's something not. There's something just not right. I don't know what his own just baffled me at the moment. Maybe it's uh, maybe Gary Neville was right all along. There's something not right at Liverpool, but no, I don't know. I think it's. Um, I think I don't know. We can't. We can't. I mean, the game's just finished. I don't think we can be too too harsh on us, though. I mean, in that first half, we had seven shots, one on target. But then by the end of the game, I thought we were actually better in the second half. We had we ended up with sixteen shots. We had another nine shots in the second half with four on target. Um, in the first half, we had sixty nine percent possession. We ended the game with having had seventy percent possession. 670 passes overall with a passing accuracy of 86 percent i mean we were, we were pretty good I and mean, we were good at counter pressing winning the ball back once west ham got the ball but it's just i don't know i think there were maybe three or four players who were just under par undercooked for whatever reason um and i've got two weeks to think about this now you know going into this game i think this is such a the reason I'm so disappointed, it, was such, it could have been such a big statement 
Um, and we were just a bit unlucky at, at the wrong times and, and played poorly in the wrong times today. I mean, you know, we've now only got two wins in the last five, whereas it could have been three wins and two draws from the last five. But it, I don't know. It's, 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 it's how you spin it. And I just think this is a particularly damaging defeat. Um but we're only four points off the top, only four points off the top, and we are capable of going on a long winning run. We, we definitely are. It'd be very difficult, and we'd, we'd need things to go for us instead of against us, like they seem to have been for a little while. But um, I don't know. It's, it, I just, I, I, I'm just so disappointed. But let's, let's move on from the game a little bit. Um, I don't know the Premier League in general. I mean, let's let's talk about other things, Alan. Let's talk about other things because Norwich and Villa are managerless, right? And there's one thing that people are talking about from a Liverpool point of view. Um, if you were Stevie G, would you go to either of those clubs, Norwich or Villa, at this stage? Yeah, if I was Stevie G, I would jump at the Villa job. Um, Norwich is kind of a uh, Norwich. I don't think would be a good move. There's a lot of work to be done there. I think Stevie, if he went to Villa, they have to make into a reasonably good team there, some good players, and I think it'd be great grounding for him to um, to get into the Premiership. Like uh, all of our fans, all of our dreams is that Stevie comes back to manage Liverpool someday. Like, but we have to be realistic, and he needs to learn. You know, you look at what happened the likes of Frank Lampard say like that was great for one season, and then and then get sacked. So we don't want that to happen to Stevie. So I would, if I was Stevie, I would seriously consider the, the Villa job. Um, you know, they also have a bit of money in the bank there from selling Grealish and stuff, so so he could strengthen. So, yeah, I'd like to see him go there. Um, Scotland is great, and he's done great up there, but like I'm a Celtic fan, obviously, and, and we all know Scotland, the way Scotland is. Rangers get good and win for five or six years. Celtic get good, good win for five or six years. He, he needs to, to be in a club where he's battling and learning and learning to work with um, better players and more awkward players probably. But um, I would like to see him there. What, what, what would you think? See, I wouldn't. I, 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 I disagree with you there. I think, um, I think there's no rush for Stevie to come to the Premier League. I think you're right in terms of the, the, the profile of the club. Villa's an amazing club it's a big club you know bigger than Chelsea in my eyes although maybe not in terms of international shirts that I see I have seen on my travels around <laughs> around the globe there are lots of Chelsea fans these days I suppose but Villa I don't know historically a very big club anyway um and yes they've got a good support they do have some good players but but I, th I don't think there's any rush for him to go to the Premier League. I think Stevie should stay in, stay at Rangers because he's happy. The fans love him. The, the 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 team loves him. He's getting success there, and he's still got a lot to learn. You know, he's still he's still learning a lot in 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 Scotland. And then at the end of the season, maybe you know, would be a good time to to find a new club. I would I would suggest that the best Stevie that can take over it at Liverpool. The best one that I can imagine is one that has had success in Europe as well as Scotland. I don't think it's really good to go straight from Scotland to England without, you know, the the, the wonderful benefits of of living and 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 experiencing other cultures, you know, Spain, 
or Germany or Italy, especially um, even someone, you know, maybe in Portugal, like, a, a, you know, take on the, the reins at Benfica or Sporting or Porto, if they if they would give him a chance. That would be amazing. But uh, I just think there's there's no, I think he needs experience from at least one other league before Liverpool. And he could do it in reverse. He could go to Villa and then he could go to somewhere else. But I just think it's too, it's too early for him in the Premier League because if it doesn't work at Villa, then what does he do? I don't know. I, I just think if I were him, I would just stay where I was happy. It's something that Unai Emery has learned uh, not to jump at any kind of job that, you know, but just be somewhere where, where you belong and you feel you belong. And Unai Emery, you know, feels he belongs. He gets the respect in Spain. So he's got no need to change it for Newcastle. Um, but there you go. Uh, there, there are all kinds of manager things going on. Antonio Conte to, to Spurs. Um I think they, yeah, they drew nil-nil, didn't they, against Everton. Um, are you worried uh, about the Antonio Conte effect, not in the short term, but in the medium and longer term? Some very good points about Stevie there, um, Owen, by the way. Um, I think yeah, I'm not sure about um, Conte. Um, of course, he's a good manager, and I think he will do a good job with them. But I don't think it's going to happen too quickly for him. It's, it's. We all know sports are a bit of a basket case. You know that. The, they play well or, or they don't play well for a manager as well, like and stuff. So but yeah, he will make a good team out of him eventually, but it's gonna take him a season or two to get there. And a big part of it too is as we all know, is the Harry Kane situation. Like if if, if Harry goes or doesn't go, which what way does it does it work out for him? Um personally I think he's gonna go, but Conte might spend spend the money wisely and, and make them a lot better team. So so that's that that'll be interesting. But, um, I don't really know enough about him, to be honest, to give a really, really good opinion on it. What's your opinion on Well, I think in the medium to long term, I totally agree that it's going to take him a while to get there. But I mean, he's only 52 years old and he's got five league championships, four of them in Italy. And once with Chelsea, of course, in the Premier League, I think he's what he does is he's he's like a loony. Um, you know, he's he's. He's so intense. He's got exactly the right intensity. And he he submit he transmits that to his players. So the players play with more intensity. He gets that extra 10% out with his uh passion and his his you know ball busting attitude. And I think that that's something that Spurs need and they've needed for a long time is a manager who could just kick them up the backside and you know, get shouting at them and, and get them, you know, dying and dying for the shirt, you know, like really fighting. And he's, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant manager. Although by the time that he um, builds a team, which I think will have some Italian names in it, because he can certainly attract Italian stars and, and they've got a brilliant generation coming through as we've seen from the Euros. But um I think it will take time, but by the time he's he's built something, or you know, getting close to building something, of course, Liverpool will will need another cycle, you know, in the next couple of years. So our major players will be then thirty two years old. So we need some uh, we need some new blood. Um, but you know, you will we'll still have Klopp. It'll be the beginning of his last year, and um, so that will still be good. 
Chelsea will, will still be good. Of course they will. Uh, Man City, they will still be good with all their riches of Chelsea and Man City. Newcastle will be coming up in the world. Um, so Tottenham, they'll be difficult to play against. Leicester City, I mean, they've they've just they're just there'll be loads of teams that are difficult. If if they finally get it right at Everton, they could, you know, if they give Benitez time and money, which is unlikely. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they might uh, be a bit more stubborn. But basically, the Premier League is going to be full of talent and, and, and a real big challenge. And teams have to be careful not to overstretch themselves, because if we still have only four places for the Champions League, then, you know, teams have to be very careful because they will miss out on the odd season on Champions League football. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um it's. I think it's really interesting appointment for Spurs. I think if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be delighted because uh, Conte's got a great track record, as I said. Um, but anyway, okay. Just just a final question. Then we've 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 talked about you know the idea of strengthening the midfields. You would like to strengthen the attack as well. Um, but just finally, Alan. I mean, you know, we we've had eleven games of the season. We're on the seventh of November as we're recording this. Has anyone caught your eye this season that you would love to see in a red shirt? Uh, there are several players for me, but uh, who's who's caught your eye this season? Well, at the beginning of the season, I would have said Bazuma. Um, I thought he was he's a good player. Um, I was hoping we'd get him. I think we need a bit of strength and a bit of bit of help in midfield with him. Um, apart from that, I, I haven't really. No, there's no one standing out on me apart from that, really. Um, you wouldn't like to see Mikhail Antonio, for example, even in a dream world, even if it's not realistic. Yeah, he would pretty good. He'd be a good addition, but it's kind of like you said there a minute ago about the Premier League being so so good now. Do you know the likes five years ago, the likes of a player like him would be you could buy him off a team, or, or, or like you could sell a player to the likes of West Ham for forty million three four years ago. You can't now, so it's hard to pick out players to buy. Um, especially with our model, our model we, where we don't spend too much on, on players. Um, but yeah, he would be a good addition, someone like him, something different up front as well, like some bit of power. But uh, no, there's no one that stands out really to me at the moment, and anyway, nothing I can think of anywhere. But but th- those types of profiles, Alan, like powerful players, you know, strong and, and energetic players are what you think uh, we're missing most? Because that's what I think we're missing most. Yeah, I agree. We, we, we need someone like that, someone that, that, that um, bullies around defences, you know, and uh, has that strength and power. Like, he was fantastic today as well. Like, when you, when you look at, he was up against the two best centre-backs in Europe, in my view, um, today, and he was he was a handful. I do think we need someone like that. Someone like we we have positives today, like you know, um, give up, come on, score. We have positives from today. It's not all doom and gloom, but we need something different. You know, teams are teams work you out. Same as same as any team, teams work you out. So I'd like someone that came and um, just something different. We, just, we miss Bobby a lot today as well, and Bobby's not as rough and tumble as, as a player like him is, but he's strong and he holds up the ball. But, when we're missing Bobby or, or someone, we don't have something different. Um, so yeah, yeah. I would, someone like him would be would be a big addition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, good call. Yeah, we did miss Bobby, didn't we? His guile and his strength and his link-up play. But as I say, I don't think it was the worst performance in the world. Um, I think we're going to leave it there for today. Um, you know, we've got two weeks 
of an international break coming up. What it, what are you up to over the international break, Alan? I don't know. I'm going to do stare at the wall for a couple of weeks. Got any plans? Yeah, no, no plans. Just just boredom. <laughs> but um, <laughs> our uh, Republic of Ireland football team is not great to look at at the moment. But, but sure, look at one or two of them games and uh, that's it. Just spend some time with the kids. Yeah, well, there you go. You've got uh, nice nice family time to look forward to. Yeah, enjoy that, Anna. Thank you so much for commiserating uh, with with me. And, uh, you know, listeners, um, just before we go, just to let you know that the, we, we started this YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to move it from Fridays to Thursdays after the international break. Uh, um, you have to follow us on Twitter to find... Uh, when when the time will be, but it'll probably be 7 p.m. UK time on Thursdays after the international break for a big Premier League preview sponsored by CaliDesigns.co.uk. Now, if you don't know, Cali is an amazing artist, you know, uh, really, really good. And, and, and it's coming up to Christmas. Um, if you want to get uh, some kind of Liverpool-based present for one of your loved ones, then I do highly recommend Cali's work. It's really brilliant. And if you use Copon10 on CaliDesigns.co.uk, you get 10% off. So I just thought I'd chuck that in there um, for, you know, because we do love artists here on Copon, all of the wonderful Liverpool artists there are out there. And uh, Cali's been kind enough to to, you know, support us as well with getting our YouTube channel on, you know, on the air, into the airwaves. Um, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening, because this has been Cop On. It's been a real pleasure, the opening part of the season, to share it with you. And uh, thank you again, Alan, for sharing your views today. Um, really nice of you. And uh, take care. Enjoy the family time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.